You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 169. Nice, nice. Side B. Nice. podcast a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things you love yesterday i am the hampton roads hemorrhoid and i am joined by the jacksonville butt baby butt baby and the monroeville manhandler manhandling people in monroeville since 1977 hide your husbands hide your wives just husbands. Because <laughs> he's going to handle them. Hide your husbands and they husbands. Exactly. This is a side B episode, and we are going to talk about the debatably released year, 1979 or 1983, Microwave Massacre. And of course, we will answer our Give Me Five question of the week. Your top five cannibals in movies. Now, we are going to spend the next hour and 20 minutes, maybe four hours, just discussing whether this movie came out in 1979 or 1983. So get comfortable, get your popcorn ready. Very fun. And listen to me and Jimmy yell at each other. We're just going to scream years back and forth. 1979. 1979. 83. 79. It fucking premiered in 79. <laughs> And then no one saw it till 1983. If a movie falls in the woods and no one's around to watch it, did it come out in 1979? It premiered in 79. I know, I know. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I win. You don't. Uh, spoiler, if you watch this movie, you're a bad person. So you might as well just listen to us, take that bullet for you, and watch the movie, and then tell you about it. And then you don't have to watch the movie, mm. and you have to complain about spoilers because you never saw it, and it won't matter. If you watch this movie, I hope that you saw it for free. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a spoiler warning. And that film, Microwave Massacre, was released on October 31st of 1979. Directed by Wayne Berwick. Who was dragged outside of the studio and shot in the back of the head as soon as he was done directing it. No, it was the 80s. There were a lot of movies like this that came out. It was the 70s. Completely. The movie stars Jackie. It was close Bird. enough to the 80s that it was considered the it 80s. It was very close. It was like after. It was when like the whole free love thing started. Like, okay, no, we're kind of, we're kind of past that. That's starting to get a little taboo now, and this film just felt very. Much like it was stuck in an era that was uh, over with. Movie stars Jackie Vernon. Wait, hold on. That that's actually kind of an interesting thing. So the, there was the free love thing in the '60s and and early '70s and the kind of the disco thing where everyone mm -hmm. was having sex. And then, like you said, it got a little taboo. And all of but all of these movies are all about like 
loser assholes just assuming that women still want to have sex with them. Yeah. And, like, you can kind of see that throughout all of this stuff, where it went from, like, free love, man, and peace, or whatever, to, yeah, that's not a good idea because there's diseases and serial killers and stuff like that. So the women are like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have this free love thing. And the dude's still being like, yeah, well, I'm a greasy construction worker. Why don't you have sex with me? And that's pretty yeah. much most of these movies. So yeah. Inter interesting catch there, Jimmy. Thank you. Sorry. Jackie Vernon, in his final feature film, the King of Deadpan, also the voice of Frosty the Snowman, and Claire Ginsburg as May. And a bunch of other no-name women that are willing to take their shirts off. Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of nudity. A man kills his wife in a drunken rage and disposes of her body by cooking and eating it, which gives him a taste for human flesh. Accurate. What was her name? May? May. Yeah. May, you taste good, May! <laughs> now, the film is centered around the microwave. The family's new microwave. This is the dumbest freaking ever. About the size of a refrigerator. Yes, when this movie was filmed in 1978. I guess that wasn't too far off. My family got a microwave very early. Uh, and Rob, you'll know what I'm talking about here. But back in the day, my my father was on peritoneal dialysis. Okay. So had to heat up the, the bags of saline or whatever. It's saline, right? Yeah. Of the, the fluid, he had to heat them up. So we actually got... Early adopters. We were we had to be early adopters, like yeah, the yeah. medical insurance paid for it. And this was back when microwaves were like twelve hundred dollars when they They won't cheap. Yeah. And it was almost like the one you saw there. This one it was weird because it had a very large footprint and height, but the space to cook was very very tiny. Mm -hmm. And the door actually opened up like a like an oven. It didn't mm -hmm. side swing. And it was it used some power too. I vaguely remember um, it blowing up the outlet that it was plugged into because we didn't have the right thing in there. So we, Ooh. in fact, in my house in in Monroeville, there was actually a scorch on the wall from that microwave. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, and that was that had to be nineteen eighty three ish. So it wasn't quite as you know mechanical looking as the one in the movie, but it was close. Yeah. Certainly an exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, as it was the the focus of the film Microwave Massacre, of course. We've got some funny little things on this before we, we get too far into it. I love this quote from All Movie. It says, Despite utterly failing as a comedy, horror, and pornography, Microwave Massacre is grotesque enough in design and attitude to be fascinating, much like a car accident. <laughs> uh, that right. it is I, I would have to say now uh, something else that's really interesting uh, Rodney Dangerfield was considered for the role of Donald I could totally see that by the way so could I but his asking price was too high Rodney Dangerfield was a, a bit of a, of a star 
He was on, also a raunchy com- comedian, as Jackie Vernon was. Uh, knowing that made me feel a little bit better, knowing this was his last film. Because you think Frosty, I'm like, man, he must have been a big star back in the, you know, 50s, 60s, and, and boy, what a fall from grace. No, he, he was a raunchy comedian from the beginning. He was a staple at the, the Hollywood Roast, uh, known for his sexually explicit comedy. So very much, uh, though he looked like he had no interest at all in being in the film, I think he did. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I saw. I'm sure you saw the same write ups that I did. The, the original script. There was actually a script, but at a certain point, it got sent for rewrites, and it came back with like one liners throughout the whole script. Yep. The director, after reading the script, said it was 90 pages of one liners. And that was after he had agreed to do it, and it ended mm-hmm. up changing. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I didn't disseminate my notes like I normally do, but I think that the craziness of the movie is going to actually make the craziness of my notes look good here. Yeah. Now I I apologize in advance because I just googled worst horror movies of the '80s. Uh, this popped up as the most accurate search ever. <laughs> This popped up. Uh, I I did actually not watch the trailer until I told everyone that, hey, this is the movie that we're going to watch. And then I started watching it and I go, oh, great. I picked the booby movie. (laughs) (laughs) Literally the opening sequence. That is exactly what this movie was. It was a booby movie. It was. It was just a. Yeah. Um, Oh. Why so, did she get her boobs caught in that fence? I didn't understand that. How, was she being like tagged? Was she being like nailed from behind? I think she, the guy was having sex with her, like trying to grab, have sex with her. But they, like, they were trying to go for her, trying to get away. But also, so she's walking down the street outside of a traffic uh, construction site on the other side of the fence with a with a perfect boob shaped holes in it. And apparently, someone walks up behind her, and they the way they edited it. Her boobs are going through the holes, but also she's moving them. So it's either she's trying to get them out or there's someone like trying to grab her. I don't know. It was weird. If you haven't seen this movie, you're going, what the fuck are they talking about? The opening about? sequence, basically. This at a time, this in some reality where attractive women walk straight up through construction sites. You always see the the stereotypical, oh, hey, babe, the cat calling. From construction workers and everything, somebody thought in their twisted sense of reality that, you know, in in writing this movie, hey, let's make attractive women actually walk through the construction sites. Mm. Um, Which I don't think is an accurate representation. To be honest, though, no real construction. Stupid reason. Yeah, no real construction was actually happening in that construction site. Like, Every sequence there, they were sitting around doing nothing, complaining about food, talking about food, or shoveling gravel from one place to another. Like, there was not a lot of stuff being... Right, but there was was a shirtless man lifting a... (laughs) An iron girder. A (laughs) comedically large iron girder. Yeah. 
You were just standing on a pile of dirt, lifting an iron girder. That was no it. other iron girders around. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it? Were they insinuating that he was gay? Was that the situation? Yeah, exactly what they were insinuating. Yeah, they were. They were insinuating that while he uh, was uh, a very attractive man, he was very muscular. Um, that he, being that he was the only. Only man in the yard that the woman was attracted to, he turned out to be gay. And apparently he was so gay that he got hives whenever a woman touched him. <laughs> His reaction was pretty funny. Yeah. Touched his chest. So I think, right. without realizing it, the first three words I wrote on my notes, I was trying to do my notes simply, were crab, boobs, microwave. That's pretty <laughs> much the whole movie. That's it, guys. It's been a short side B episode. That, that pretty much sums everything up. Because the crab is in reference to a sandwich that the lead character... So the lead character's eating a sandwich, and he's kind of like, as they're cutting back and forth to the other two guys, realizing that there was a girl having her boobs through the fence. He's eating a crab sandwich that is very obviously a plastic crab, like the ones that you would see at a seafood restaurant, like up in like a fake fishing net. Yeah, like a, like a um, Eat at Joe's. Yeah. Or Joe's Crab Shack. Or like up at the seafood department at Publix or something. Mm-hmm. So he's got that, and it like I guess it is the hint that his wife is not a good cook, and like right. his dumbass couldn't have just you know not murdered her and maybe made his food himself. True. What I thought was really funny about this is we've shared links that are like here are the grossest foods that appeared in magazines, you know, from the seventies, and she made every single one of them. Mhm. Yeah. So Vernon is uh what's his name? Donald. 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 Yes, Donald. Jackie Vernon. Uh Donald is uh down she, on his luck. So annoying too. She was super annoying and and played it up completely. Donald is down on his luck. He's very upset because his wife is is not a very good cook, relies on the microwave to cook everything, calls it gourmet, and it actually is terrible, so he resorts to eating dog food, stealing the food of the best actor in the film, Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Napoleon, the little Yorkie. Little Yorkie. Yeah. Old what, Yorkie. What was that scene where he was, like, slipping on the floor? <laughs> Did they, like, tilt the floor on him or something? I don't know. You're supposed yeah. to be surprised or something. So they made a might have shook the floor. So the the poor little dog had a su- surprise reaction. I had very dog. very big concerns for the health of that dog. That dog was elderly. And just in general, I was like, because the dog's tongue was sticking out, so it actually had had parvo or something early in life or distemper, one of the two. That's what does that. It's such a cute little dog. It was so cute, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, I had concerns that it was going to get microwaved because it was way smaller than the microwave because I could have I microwaved right in. When she, May, says something to the effect of, oh, why don't you eat... The... Oh, he said the dog eats better than me. And I thought he was going to eat the dog. I thought he was going to, yeah. Yeah, when she was um, in this kitchen singing, when she was cooking early on, you said she was annoying. Uh, she sounded exactly like the singing bush in uh, <laughs> Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah might have been her <laughs> I was like oh shit that's awesome um 
There's another sequence of pushing boobs on stuff. The neighbors. I didn't really understand the whole sequence with the neighbors in general. Anytime they were on there, I guess they were just to remind him of how much of the crappy life he had. They were like always having weird sex. And like every time he walked by the front window of the neighbor's house, like there was like boobs being pressed up against the window or or weird some... gardening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was with the girl gardening with her vibrator? Just. I don't know. Just showing some weird freaky side that he I don't know man it was the 70s I wrote the 70s were fucking weird um I, I feel like this the director was trying to capture something that happened in the early 70s I, I don't know it I, whenever I see these films I always picture the director or writer or whoever as being one of those people that's really just a pervert and is pretending to be artsy just to get women to do things like that. Yeah. Just to be naked and stuff like that. And like making a movie, but you had to take your shirt. Like I doubt that Rob has been in that world, but I know, you know, me and you having worked in the creative world, we've met those people that like you're in a creative meeting and they're like, what if we got some hot chicks here? And you're like, I have not taken this job. Yeah. They're like, let's let's meet and we should meet over at the Hooters or whatever that restaurant was that was like Hooters. Wing House. And it's like and you're like, yeah, this person is in this person is making the rap video, not because they like rap. They're making the rap video so they can get the dancing girls in the background. If anybody like, says babes in a business meeting, you should just just walk away. Turn around. Yeah. Now, I found myself writing a lot of things down in this that were one-liners. And I thought some of those were actually pretty funny. Okay, go go on. Probably because Donald was played by a raunchy comedian. So hungry I could eat a whore. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, I, yeah, that's, that's one. Um... How should I know them? Uh, I shouldn't. I I didn't attend the Braille Institute. The whole scene where she turned the lights off uh, when he was complaining about the food. I oh, thought yeah. that was pretty funny. And she was actually trying to set the mood. He was like, oh, great. Turn the lights off so I don't have to see what I'm eating. Um, that got probably the biggest laugh out of me. Otherwise, uh, it was just stupid. Yeah. And And... You know, the the lead character, he'd look into the camera to emphasize the bad joke. Yeah. It's like, just made me uncomfortable for him. Now, trying to see which way I want to go here. Does this, is this the first movie that, I'm trying to think of the movies that actually you are following the serial killer. Which would have actually been a good give me five question. Like, where you're seeing the point of view of the serial killer, or the serial killer is the main character. Because usually the whole story is about them trying to catch the serial killer or the campers trying to avoid the serial killer. Like, Freddy's not the main character in Nightmare on Elm Street, et cetera, et cetera. Right. No, Jason is the main character in Friday the 13th. Yeah, but you're not following him the whole time. You're oh, more... True, true, true. Yeah. So oh, like, man. Is there any other movie? Like, Red Dragon, you're still following the cops. Hannibal. What about Silence. Well, Hannibal, the, the movie. No, you're following... Clarice? That's that's uh, 
sounds I of the land was from from Lecter's perspective. Now Hannibal, there's like an Italian police officer or something. I haven't I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe it was from Lecter's. Was that the one with the um the pig farmer? I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, like I can't really think of one where. It, I mean, there was Harry uh, Henry portrait of a serial killer. Which <laughs> I think showed it. I thought you were going to say Harry Potter. What? <laughs> he kind of. It was Henry Porter, a serial killer, which I think followed the viewpoint of the killer. Yeah, I'm not think of any other ones. Uh, I can't right now. But well, guys, if you're listening, let us know. Yeah, hit us up because my my headspace here was all about cannibalism. <laughs> so that was one thing. The other thing was just how bad the acting was in general. Um, I think that the one of the easiest roles i would think hey cool like a cool black dude from the 70s should be able to play as a cool black dude from the 70s and they did you notice that they totally reversed they what they reversed them they had the black guy play the white guy role and the white guy play the black guy role did you notice they did didn't they they did they did the guy with like the the weird short head Mm -hmm. (laughs) weird short head uh that was too low or something i don't know he just freaked me out any yeah like 70s hair 70s mustaches freak me out man i've been like stuck in the 70s for a while because of the the documentaries i've been watching and this and everything else it's been like ugh, get me the hell away from the 70s thank god i was born at the end of it <laughs> yeah you didn't have to live through all those mustaches yeah and like yeah right and like women had no i mean yeah women had no taste in the 70s according to these movies because you look at these like fat greasy fucking losers and the women are like okay well i'll go home with you but you have to sleep with me and i'm like is there no other dudes around well that that was i think the opinion of a, of a lot of directors as well i i think you hit the hit the na- the nail on the head um where that's what these kind of sleazy pervert male directors were actually after Mm-hmm. Well, like, who was the most attractive person in the seventies? Theoretically, John Travolta, maybe Burt uh, Burt Reynolds was big. Like, I think they looked at it and they're like, okay, John Travolta, he had greasy hair, like slicked back hair. It wasn't his hair wasn't greasy, but he was in grease. So let's make all of these dudes greasy. And then you know, Burt Reynolds, oh. giant ass mustache. Okay, let's just give them all giant ass mustaches. That'll do it. I don't know. Well, Ooh. but it was seventies and eighties, and giant ass mustaches were cool. True. Talking well, to you, Tom Selleck. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Elliott. That magnum. Hey, don't you dare, son of sir. <laughs> don't you dare sully Sam Elliott's I will go back and edit you. If you make fun of Sam Elliott, I will edit you out of every one of our episodes. <laughs> Whoa, good luck. By the way, Greg, American Psycho. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's a good one. Okay. Maniac. Yep. All right. Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yep. That one. And Harry Potter, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Okay. I haven't seen that one. Man Bites Dog. Seen that one. And one that I saw. Dog Bites Man. One that I saw that I actually really liked, and I don't typically like his movies, Mr. Brooks. With Kevin Costner as the serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Only not not a bad movie, actually. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Rob. 
So if you listening out there have any others, let us know. Greg, I thought you you were going to say the um the best role in this film. I thought you were going to say it was the hoagie role. <laughs> it was that he uses to subdue May's sister when she comes to look for May. That was the dumbest friggin' thing. I swear to God. And then they actually made it look like it was getting mold on it to show yeah. that I was possessed. Which is like of all the weird shit in this entire movie, they took the time to make that kind of accurate. That's the one thing I was like, oh, nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Even though it was clearly magic marker on the end of the bun. Oh. And let's be honest, not to be completely, you know, lame about this, but it the body would have digested a whole lot of that hoagie roll just from it sitting in the mouth, and it would have just been mush, but if it was there for that long. But beyond that, yeah. Yeah, it's a so, it's a damn shame that the book he was reading, um, called "Survival: A True Story of Cannibalism," isn't actually a real book. Oh, mm. that's the first thing I looked up. That's a book we need to own. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's we have not actually killed the wife yet here. So he eventually gets so mad that his wife is making terrible food that he murders her, and. I guess chops her up and right. Mm-hmm. He murders her, chops her up, throws her in the freezer. For goes, some reason, decides he wants to keep her body and puts goes, her in the freezer in individual little foil wrapped packages. Yep, goes and grabs a snack in the middle of the night and uh, bites into the top of her arm, which is very clearly him covering the end of a sandwich uh, with his hands, and discovers he has a taste for human flesh. Oh, and before he does this, he gets drunk and goes nuts in the house, kind of breaking stuff around the house, including, including what, the Shakespeare statue that I thought he could call Batman with that thing. Was it a Shakespeare? It was Shakespeare, right? Pissing in the planter. He pisses in the planter. He There's like a weird stain on the back of the couch they never explain. Yeah, I pointed that out too. I I said that it, I'm like, why is there a giant water stain on the couch for no reason? Giant V right down the middle of the couch. Yeah, it's probably like hair grease from all the '70s dudes sitting and oh. leaning their heads back. Yeah, that's true. Let me and tell you my my favorite part about him killing May is before he bludgeons her to death with the salt shaker. He pours a little salt in his hand and throws it over his, <laughs> yes. over his shoulder <laughs> to keep the devil away. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, of course, you the body parts that get chopped up, they're just the most awful prosthetics. Just which terrible. Leads, which leads to a little bit breaking fourth wall situation for me as I was watching it later when the homeless dude finds the body part. Mm. And like I was like, it was, the prosthetics were so bad and looked so rubbery that when the homeless guy found it, I was like, there was not even a moment of like, oh, he's going to get caught now. It was clearly they just threw away Halloween decoration. Yeah. Because it's that bad. Well, they scratched my crotch with it. And, yeah. and that was the scene, and maybe it was a red herring, but that was the scene where I was like, okay, this is how he's going to get caught. You know, he he screwed up. He left some body parts in the in the trash can out by the curb, and the homeless guy found it. And the, they they do this whole scene of the homeless guy coming and pulling the hand out of the trash can, scratching his balls with it, and walking off, only to have it never show back up in the movie again. Yeah, 
And I'm like, well, that that was that was v- very oddly like front and center for <laughs> someone's nephew coming to the set that day, and they were like, yeah. he's like, dude, I've never been in a in a motion picture before. No, oh, here, put on this jacket, put on this trench coat. Neither has anyone here. Yeah, <laughs> what a surprise. Um, the uh, yeah, this is at the point where. Yeah, they go back to the, the construction site and he feeds his friends, his dead wife. And again, not working, not doing anything remotely construction related, just sitting on a pile of gravel. Eating. Yeah. Eating. And I guess after they ate, they would go to the bar, have their afternoon nip. Mm-hmm. And then go back to work. I Was that a thing? In the the couple of times I've seen people drink on lunch break, it's always like mortified me. But was I guess that was an accepted thing? Uh, yeah, only uh, people like salesmen do it, and uh, uh, brain surgeons. That's it, though. And penis surgeons. Yeah, you yeah, get all those shaky hands. Yeah, that's why you get that six hundred dollar oh. discount. Yeah. Um, you know, we could go through every single death on here, but... I, I got to talk about DDD. <laughs> yes, go for it. A DDD, who uh, looked a little bit like a Sigourney Weaver situation, if I remember correctly. I thought it could have been. Yeah, I, I looked it up. It was not. Uh, he he does... She is a prostitute. He does pick her up, and um, if you ever feel the need to hear the someone that sounds a lot like Frosty the Snowman dry-humping a prostitute... This is the movie for you. Because he does, not only does he dry hump the prostitute. Snowman dry humping a prostitute. There's your title. Might be. <laughs> but they even use, the, like, when he does something that ticks off the, the prostitute and she says, you're gonged. Oh, no, he's taking too long to, to hook up. You've she been gong. He makes a gong show reference. Yeah. Yeah, didn't that's not a joke that age as well. No, not at all. Even that show's come back like four times too mm-hmm. since then. But uh, then you get to see Frosty the Snowman's O face as he dry humps her, and then they do this cutaway thing where they show all these statue faces from the house and portraits and stuff of them, like first of all, like enjoying the show, and then of them looking horrified as he murders her. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then yeah, so uh, that's when the of course the line "I'm so hungry I could eat a whore" and then they do the the cutaway, which was another possible top five question that I was thinking of as well. Was the um when he's about to cut her body and they show the bowling ball flying into the garbage can and smashing a thing of ketchup? Mm-hmm. She like red all over the screen, which is which I saw right after I sent Jimmy that pic that shot from uh, me myself and Irene. Yeah. What? Why? <laughs> there was no this movie to ask why. I. It was just gratuitous, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. The ending was stupid. It just ended. Yeah, and I mean, it's like he didn't. He didn't get caught. He just kind of died. The yeah. The microwave killed him because he had a pacemaker. And then that was it. 
and the microwave wasn't wired correctly. Whoever put yeah. this together didn't wire correctly. Yeah, but you you really jumped to the end over a, a woman being slathered with a huge amount of mayonnaise. That only lasted a second, though. They just cut that, to a, a naked woman laying on a table. He's uh, And you didn't even see him kill her. You just saw right. him spread mayonnaise on the body. And then that I was, was I think it was just a fantasy. It, that was a fantasy because he was looking at the mayonnaise billboard. Oh, yeah. He oh, put okay. a giant piece of bread on the naked body. Yeah. And there was like a weird, whole weird thing with like a hardware store. Like the crazy hardware store owner was like, no. <laughs> like he goes in, he's like, I need a two gallon mason jar. And the guy's like, get out of here. I'm calling the police. And he starts like talking to the voices in his head. Like, yeah. What? what was that about? I have he no calls, idea. He picks up the phone, calls the Coast Guard, and he says, Hi, Coast Guard? Is there a coast? Okay, bye. Or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Is it guarded? Yeah. Oh, man, I've got a cousin that just retired from the Coast Guard. I should have asked him about that. Yeah, that's... I'm sure he'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You ever spread mayonnaise on a naked woman? (laughs) (laughs) No. The way you said that reminded me of Captain Over from Airplane. Yes. uh, (laughs) Ever seen a grown man naked, Timmy? There's a, um, a woman dressed as a chicken. With a uh, some sort of uh, foreign accent, and he has sex with her and then eats her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he says that he hasn't had sex in fifteen years afterwards. And actually, what they show him doing didn't look like sex at all. No, no, but you did see a a chicken outfit laying on the ground, as well as uh, me saying no attractive woman would ever go anywhere near that guy. And he's like, "Come on home with me," and she's like, "No, that's not the type of woman I am." And he's like, "No, I just want to be your friend." Cut to chicken costume all over the floor and him have it, him dry humping Frosty the Snowman yet again dry humping someone on the couch. That explains the, the stain on the couch, I guess. Gross. Right at this point, I googled something that's going to put me on a watch list for the rest of my life. You sure did. I was, t- I was trying to Google, can you microwave human flesh? To see if that was the proper way to cook human flesh. Because uh, Greg's all about the facts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I was going to go... Well, let me do this first. It automatically auto-corrected to can you microwave human poop? Which horrified me and grossed me out. But <laughs> it did actually send me down a a little rabbit hole here. Of I was looking up to see if any of the famous cannibalistic serial killers used a microwave to cook their people that they ate. Um, yep. I did not find any. Damn. But again, now I'm on a watch list. You could be the first. I could. So you guys can be a patron, and if you donate five dollars, maybe I'll eat you, or maybe I won't eat you. Cut a little piece of yourself off and send it to Greg, and we'll uh, I'll, I'll microwave it. We can try different things. I got a microwave. I've got the uh, air fryer, and I've got an instant pot. We can see what the best the best way to to eat human flesh would be. No, my money's on instant pot. Yeah, instant pot would definitely make make it I nice and tender. The neti pot. No, I'm not gonna. In, I'm not gonna snort people. <laughs> you could. Am I, am I? Am I doing it right? <laughs> yeah. The uh, what was up with the Buana meat thing? I uh, 
there, there were so many scenes in this movie that had absolutely no payoff. I think they were just there to be there. I think the the Buana meat was just a pretty racist stereotype. So they were like, okay, we've been sexist. We've been we we've gotta been be racist. Kids. We haven't done we haven't done anything racist yet. So let's have a Buana Meats, which is a delivery service for pagan rituals with a black man that is dressed in African tribal wear. With a bone through his nose. Yeah. That doesn't fit into the movie at all. Well, that checks checks all the boxes. Yeah. Did we see who delivered it to? Did he deliver it to Donald? I think so. I'm I'm not even sure he did. Because I was like, who's receiving this? Because at the end of the scene, I'm like, is did he did Donald order out? Is that what that was? Yeah, because or... I immediately forgot about it because the next two scenes they cut to uh-huh. are the bread is the first time you see the bread getting moldy in that woman's mouth in the closet because that's what they cut to the inside of the closet. And Donald just puts his shirt up. Yeah, Donald hangs up a shirt, and then they cut to the front yard where the blonde neighbor is watering the lawn, and she squats down and he looks and it looks like she's peeing in the yard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, another scene that I didn't understand. I didn't understand the cut. They're like, oh, look, it looks like she's pissing. I'm like, okay, what? Yeah, so I forgot to revisit the Buana delivery. Because uh, I'm not even sure the Buana meat was delivered to Donald. I mean, I, I assume that that's what they're in, insinuating, but. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they were trying to get at the fact that maybe he was trying to stop doing what he was doing. Uh. Really, the the next couple of things were the um, the construction workers talking about several foxes getting murdered in the in his neighborhood, and them saying that he was in, that there was an equal did who said equal opportunity rapist? I think someone said that. One of the dudes did. I, I think that was Roosevelt. Yes. Yes. Which I was like, yeah, this American hit checking off all of the I don't like this kind of situations and lines. And then uh if you notice when he was cooking the next body who you didn't see them kill, they had a a uh racist Asian wig and giant like round glass. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. On the table. So they they went they went there too, the the like Chinese stereotype of not people not being able to see. Um at which point of course, we saw the vibrator guard gardening, which I knew was coming because Rob sent it to us. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yep. And uh, and then it's just over. And it's over because <laughs> you find out abruptly. Yep, you find out after that uh, the microwave has been interfering with Donald's pacemaker. There, he has a mini heart attack at some point. Uh, due to the use of it, which the sad irony of that is Jackie Vernon died just a couple of years later from a heart attack. So that's, a movie. Movie. that's awful. Yeah, pretty awful. They The people that are clearing out his house, there's a couple little gags there. Like they have the house for sale thing where the microwave is crossed off because um, they find a bunch of body parts in the microwave. Mm-hmm. They uh, they casually find the woman in the closet and hey, Steve, check this out. Whatever the guy's name is, mm-hmm. 
Um, they open up the fridge and there's May's head in there, which we really didn't talk too much about May, but her body was, her head was constantly getting shifted around in the fridge and in scenes that were actually way too long where he like, yeah. if there were 100 foil packaged body parts that needed to be moved, he, they showed all 140. Yeah. Yep. And they, they zoom in on the, the face and the eyes light up of this terrible, terrible prosthetic. I'm a, any person that's like, ah, uh, practical effects are better than CGI. I'm going to show them this movie and then punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> they hit him in the head with a, with a latex arm. that has been in my garage for, you know, 10 years. Yep. Oh, it was awful. Well, you guys have any more to say about microwave massacre? I'm glad that you said what, that you figured it out just by looking at the worst movies ever. I didn't, I'm this, I, you're always worried when movies like this come up that someone's going to be like, this was my favorite movie when I was seven. Mm, if anyone out there listening to this says, oh man, this is my favorite movie when I was seven years old. I hope Seek you therapy. I, I hope you have received therapy uh, recently. And if you haven't, then I would seek that out. Yeah. Agreed. Uh... Should this movie be remade or revisited? Or yeah. I think they should make uh, Microwave Massacre 2 starring the homeless gentleman who scratched himself with May's arm. But they, need to make it, but they need to make it in 1982 and release it in 1985. Yes, precisely. So we need to go back in time and make that. No, it needs to be called the, the Air Fryer Massacre. There you go. People can make like extra crispy body parts. Like her shit. Yeah. Rob says no. I say no. Yeah, absolutely not. Nope. I always wonder how this is the type of movie that ends up on like Amazon Prime for free. Because there's a limited amount of stuff that's on these things. Nobody streams it. (laughs) Do they like, do the owners of the movie just like pay Amazon Prime? Like, we'll give you seven cents every time someone watches it. No, this movie isn't even worth a revival or anything. Just yeah, leave it alone. Yep. Don't watch it. Not worth your time. It's not worth the 40 minutes we've spent talking about it. If you really want to hate, basically, our, your parents, if your parents were about this age in the 70s, it's a good way to do that. Is it, sure. I, there's not, there's not a, redeem, a redeeming person in this movie. Nope. That, and it seems like it makes you just hate that era. Yep, and I don't think we need to spend another second talking about it. But we do need to talk about uh, the history of this movie, and we are going to have some warring history here. What did you find out about the release date of this movie? October 31st, 1979. The film was shot in 1978. It premiered as a midnight movie in 1979 in Austin, Texas. Now, I am not too sure if it was widely released after that, as you found that it was released in 1983. Mm-hmm. So, good. What what news happened on this? What happened in 1979? As that's what I have. In 1979, it snowed in the Sahara Desert for 30 minutes. Did it? This movie came out and hell froze over. Yeah. ESPN launched Sports Center. The first British nudist beach is established in Brighton. That was a lot of sunburn. 
because mm-hmm. British people sunburn in seconds. Yeah, they sure do. YMCA sunburnt penises right there. The YMCA sued the village people for uh, because of their song of the same name. And Sony released the Walkman at a price tag of a whopping $200. Damn. Which is $717.56 today. Wow. That's crazy. So this movie apparently did eventually make it to more theaters much later on. Uh, Depending on where you look, it's either August 31st, 1983 or September 1st. But some big news on that day. So it's actually so while this movie was in theaters, uh, the Soviet military shot down a South Korean passenger jet. That was uh, South Korea or Korea Airlines Flight 007, uh, almost causing a massive war. Of course, uh, all 269 people aboard the aircraft were killed. They did not admit that they did it. Uh, also, a, a U.S. congressman, Larry McDonald, was on there, as well as um, several other Americans. Uh, Greg Lamond was the first American to win a road race championship. So it was kind of a big deal there. Uh, the movies that came out on the same day, Public Affairs, which I think was kind of big, Educating Rita, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence in September, mind you, uh, and Revenge of the Ninja. So Ninja is big in the 80s. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, and The Big Chill as well. We're out on the same like week. Oh, well, that's that's uh, your big movie right there. Yeah. yeah. Music. A fairly classic Tom Waits album, Swordfish Trombones, came out. The Kiss album, Lick It Up, came out, which was also known as the first album where they took off their makeup and showed them showed their real faces on TV, on MTV, yeah. where they it was revealed that they were just a bunch of like nerdy Jewish guys. Yeah. Uh, Everyone said, "Put your makeup back on, please." Yeah. Uh, Shout at the Devil came out by Motley Crue. Hell and- yeah. And the album, uh, I didn't write the album name down, but the album that featured uh, by Bonnie Tyler that features the song Total Eclipse of the Heart came out that same week. And the big other big music news was The Clash fired Mick Jones. Um, probably because they were going the going to go towards the less punk and more rock the Casbah side of things. Mm-hmm. So rock that I was I love the history Kasbah. connections. You see these movies, and then you're like, "What else? What the fuck else was going on there?" And it's like, people were getting away from the news that there was an airliner shot by going to see Microwave Massacre. No, they weren't. No, you want to see the big chill? No. <laughs> like two people saw it. Yeah, in 1979, when and then us three. Yep, we did. Unfortunately, now, fortunately, bad birth. Tribute to it. Some trivia, yeah. And our top five question of this week. Do it. So, guys, who are your favorite cannibals from movies? Now, very early on, I believe this is episode four, we did your favorite cannibal movies. So, this week, we're asking for your favorite cannibals from movies. I'll go ahead and kick things off. And I've got a couple of honorable mentions here. My honorable mentions are Uncle Peckerhead from a film I just watched called Uncle Peckerhead. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Turns into a demon every night at midnight. 
and eats people, so I couldn't really, not really a true cannibal. Anyway, the other honorable mention is going to be The Family from, I think, a film I put on that list a long time ago, We Are What We Are. The Cannibal Hookers from the film Cannibal Hookers. And Cannibal Actually, Women. That old film. The Cannibal Women of the Avocado Jungle of Death from the film Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. <laughs> My number five is There's a theme to, here, Rob. Yeah. My number five is going to be The Family from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. My number four is. The inbred family from the Hills Have Eyes. And then I go into individual cannibals with number three being Justine from the film Raw, a film that I saw DMZ in, nice. with Irwin. My number two is Alfred Packer from the film Cannibal, the musical. And number one, might be unanimous, is Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Strong. Strong start. Thank you. Now, guys, I do have a voicemail from our patron of unusual thought. Right? First person to answer this question? Yep. Okay. So we are going to mute ourselves, I think, yep. we have. Yep. Here it is from Alec. I don't watch a ton of movies with cannibals in them, but cannibals in them, but um, hopefully this works. Uh, number five, I have the Uruguayan. I think of a soccer team in the movie Alive. I remember seeing that when I was a kid and being kind of freaked out that they had to eat the, the dead bodies to survive. Uh, number four is Colquin from the movie Ravenous. I don't know if you guys know that one, but it's a, it's a pretty crazy movie to watch. Uh, number three is, it's not one specific animal, it's a whole tribe in the movie Bowen Tomahawk. Or I think they're called the Troglodytes. And then number two is Leatherface. And of course, number one, probably everyone's favorite. Hannibal Lecter. Okay, hope you like. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much, Alec. Now, a couple of those uh, I know you guys have, at least Greg has talked highly of before, Bone Tommy Hawk and Ravenous. You can unmute yourself now, Greg. Oh, yeah. Superb list, Alec. I said that before, but I was muted and didn't realize it. And I have a right in. As Ooh. well, oh, do tell your cannibals. And this list comes from Matt, who I will serenade with my sweet, sweet voice next week. His top five cannibals. Number five are the Hillbilly Mutants. Uh, nicely put. From The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, he does have a... Honorable mention here, Fod Ramses from Blood Feast. Uh, so again, his number five, The Hillbilly Mutants from The Hills of Eyes. His number four is Justine from the film Raw as well. Number three, the indigenous Peruvian tribe from the film Green Inferno. His number two is Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. <gasps> I know. His number one are the townsfolk of Pleasant Valley. From the film 2001 Maniacs. Really? He's he's wrong, but okay. <laughs> Who's next? Going to give him a stern talking to. I can go next. Ah, there's a couple of uh, honorable mentions here, now that I think of it. 
uh, literally everyone in Soylent Green mm-hmm. could be an honorable yep. mention. Yep. Because Soylent Green is made Shout for out as the light behind me turned green. There you go. Uh, another one, you'll see why this is a an honorable mention versus it being one of the list. Uh, Nigel from the movie Rio he is the cockatoo, and at many points in the film, you cut back to him and he's eating chicken legs. Sick. Yeah. Sadistic, sadistic cockatoo. Uh, number five would be the Old Christians Club rugby team. That is rugby, not soccer, actually, in Alive. Number four, they're they're actually called the cannibals in the in the script or in the credits. That is from Bone Tomahawk, with the most one of the most violent scenes I've ever seen, where they they scalp the dude. Did you see this movie yet, Jimmy? Not yet. I saw it in the Walmart five dollar bin. They scalp the dude, pull his, pull his, uh, the skull cap or whatever the, the scalp up and over into his mouth and then nail it through the roof of his mouth, uh, flip him upside down, placing his bare skull on the ground and then kill him by sawing him down the middle of his, his crotch and he, his body just falls apart. Jesus. And he's alive the whole time. What? Like, I think it's, if I remember correctly, it's one of those scenes where someone is hiding behind a rock, trying not to scream so they don't, so he doesn't get caught, but <laughs> Pretty violent. Number that was number four. Number three, uh, Ralph, uh, Ravenous uh, would be Colonel Ives or Calcon. Uh, He's got kind of goes by both names. Number two, the Sawyer family, which is the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And number one, the most boring number one ever, because it's going to be uh, all of ours. If you, of course, know what you're talking about, Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter. I did not realize that the name of the family was the Sawyer family. I had to. I, I thought it was like the Firefly family or something like that, but that's something else, right? Uh, sure. I think that's the the family in the Rob Zombie movies, now that I think of it, which are ripoffs of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, anyway, Rob? I wanted to include a couple of other ones that hadn't gotten mentioned, so I will, uh, I will mix it up a little bit, change my list some, and... Uh, my number one will remain the number one. It will be a consensus number one, regardless of whatever the hell Jubal says. <laughs> but my number five, um, I'll do an honorable mention. I'll do the team, the uh, team from Alive. That'll be my honorable mention. I'm going to keep the others and just do new stuff. So at number five, I've got the Mountain People from the Wrong Turn movies. At number four. I've got I've got mom and dad from people under the stairs. Okay. At number three, I've got Martha and George from the Book of Eli. Yeah. The old people who were surviving by luring people into their house and then pushing them into a pit in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> At number two. I've got a gentleman we haven't talked about in a little bit, and I can't believe we haven't talked about it. So I'm going to talk about him and his glorious pecs, and that's Jason McCullough from oh. The Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. That movie was not what you would call good. It, it was not anything that I would call good, but it had Jason Momoa in it, and he was a cannibal. Gotcha. I would like to see Jason Momoa play Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Empire Hunter. Yes. Shirtless wrestling bears. And then, of course, number one is Hannibal Lecter. 
Nice. Rob puts the lotion in the basket and closes out our episode. So, guys, if you would like to reach out and tell us who your top five movie cannibals are, you can email us directly at givemefivepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. Or you can go directly to our website. And that website is, believe it or not, give me five podcast.com. I know, right? Go figure. And please, guys, if you can leave us a review, whatever, whatever iPod. Whatever podcast app you're using. It helps other people find us, it helps us stand out, and it helps us keep the lights on. Thank you guys so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and don't eat your neighbors. Oh,